She was born in the Deep South, spent her married life wandering the globe in New York and London, and now in her old age prefers the more clement weather of North Florida for the winters. But her presence in Crosswicks has always been part of the summers. A friend asked me, did you invite your mother to spend the summers with you, or did she invite herself? I was a little taken aback. There wasn't ever any question of inviting. We just said, when are you coming? Did you discuss it with Hugh? I don't think it ever needed discussion. My mother and my husband have always loved each other. After the very first, when mother wasn't happy about the idea of my marrying an actor, she and Hugh were much alike in character and temperament. A stranger would be apt to take mother and Hugh for mother and son and me for the in-law. We have always thought of her as part of Crosswick's. She helped make it grow from the dilapidated, unloved old building it was when we first saw it, a quarter of a century ago, to the home it is now. She helped plan my workroom out over the garage, a beautiful study which the children named the Tower. When we lived in Crosswick's year-round, while our children were little, she usually spent one of the winter months with us. When we moved back to New York for the school year, this was even more fun for her, because we could go to the theater, the opera. I have been so used to having my mother be my friend as well as my mother, to having her be Hugh's friend, that I was surprised at the idea of inviting her to spend the summer, and at the implication that this is not the usual way of things. Perhaps it's not, but having mother spend the summer in Crosswicks is part of the chronology of the house. Hugh and I drive to New York to the airport to meet her and bring her the hundred miles to Crosswicks. I am shocked when I see her. The plane flight has been harder on her than we had anticipated. The toboggan has continued its descent at an accelerating pace since we saw her at the 90th birthday celebration on April 30th. She is confused during the two and a half hours' drive. I hold her hand and try to point out familiar landmarks. I don't remember it, she says anxiously. Only occasionally will she see a building, a turn of the road, a special view, and say, I know this, I've been here before, haven't I? We stop at our usual halfway place, the Red Rooster, for lunch, but Mother is too nervous to eat and we stay only a few minutes while Hugh and I quickly swallow hamburgers. I continue to hold her hand, to pet her. My emotions are turned off. I do not feel any more than one feels pain after a deep cut. The body provides its own anesthesia for the first minutes after a wound, and stitches can be put in without Novocaine. My feelings are equally numbed. We complete the drive, and I am anxious only to get Mother home and to bed, in the room which has been hers for a quarter of a century. My thoughts do not project beyond this to the rest of the summer. I feel very tired, and somehow as though somebody had kicked me. 2. My mother does not come to Crosswicks in isolated chronology. She comes to a house which, like a river, continuously flows with living. The summer of the great-grandmother began several weeks before her arrival, early in June, while she was still in the South, and her great-granddaughters were still living in England, where their parents, Alan and Josephine, were preparing to break up their home in Lincoln and return to New York. Our younger daughter, Mariah, and Peter, 
with impatience and impetuousness similar to Hughes and mine a quarter of a century ago, couldn't wait for them. So, on the 5th of June, Crosswicks was filled with the joy and laughter of a tiny wedding. The apple blossoms were barely over, the lawn still white from petal fall. There were a few lingering daffodils in cold and shady corners which keep small drifts of snow long after the rest of the grass has started to turn green. The lilac, purple and white, was in full bloom. The white lilac tree outside Mother's window was a birthday present to her twenty-odd years ago. Early daisies and ubiquitous dandelions brightened the big field. Hugh mowed the lawn, trimmed around rocks and trees. Our son, Bayan, just graduated from high school, made countless trips to the dump fifteen miles away. There's nothing like a wedding to ensure a proper house cleaning. And I cooked as though we expected to feed an army instead of a small wedding party.